a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome to the Utah Puck Report. We're back. Uh, we're going to get right into it because I, I know all Utah hockey players have been having the conversation about officiating. And I've got some, I've got some officials here who are also players. I've got Ben Wilder. Ben, welcome back. Hey. Ben, you've been on the show a few times. This is your first time like, that you actually have something worthwhile to put in, though. <laughs> yeah, something to contribute. <laughs> Uh, and then we also have Mike Vuich. Mike, uh, we played together for a long time. You've refed a bunch of the stuff that I've done. Uh, we've gone to Vegas together. And so I feel like I can uh, be pretty candid with you when I'm asking questions about officiating, and I hope that you feel like you can be candid with us in the audience. That's just us and 18,000 people. I mean, That's okay. So, <laughs> so answer as honestly as you can. And uh, you know, we'll just try to get the, get the news out of what's going on. And what I'm talking about, as if people don't know, is that I think there is, since COVID, like hockey shut down. And then it came back, and there was an officiating shortage. And I know that you guys had some recruiting efforts, and we're trying to get some guys back into it. And I don't know what exactly happened, but I know even in the men's D1 and men's D2, uh, sometimes you have officials that um, – maybe sometimes look like they're in over their head, but they're doing the best they can. And then as a, uh, you know, what happens when you have official officials that maybe don't always make the right call, which most players never think anybody makes the right call, right? <laughs> the players start getting, and I mean, I've, I've been playing men's league forever. Basically that's all I've ever done. Like Ben's the, Ben's the king of men's league, but you know, I'm right there behind him. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think it's different. The the feel in the air with the officiating the last year has been different. It seems like it's more hostile. Do you guys agree with that? I'll, Mikey, I'll let you take it. Um, from a guy who's done, you know, a lot of refing, um, I'll be honest, this was the first year I actually did a men's league game early in the year where I thought about hanging up the skates from refing. 
I almost walked off the ice because of the abuse I was getting from players. So that with, with the actual COVID, yeah, we lost 20 good officials over the last 18 months. So you're going to get a lot of new guys out there. I mean, this year alone, we had 64 new officials join the ranks. Um, of that, probably about 25 of them are doing men's league. And this is their first year. I mean, some of these guys never even played a game of hockey before in their life. And they step on because they, they've seen a shortage of referees. And they're willing to jump out and help out with men's league. I mean, so. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I, I, I should have introduced you a little bit better. Um, tell, <laughs> tell us. You say you've been doing this for a long time. I think you've been roughing for 14, 15 years, and you've been playing for just as long. So can you kind of qualify that for me? Tell me your, your credentials. Uh, I've been playing since I was 13. I'm 38 now, so going on 25 years of playing. Uh, I refereed off and on for 14, 15 years. Um, I do ACHA college. I do the juniors leagues here. Um, so I, I've done – Besides the Grizzlies, the highest level hockey we have here um, in, the, in the state. Um, gone to district camps, things like that. So I, I've been around the block a time or two. Um, in my career, I've ref almost ten, a little over ten thousand games now. So, um, like I said, it's it's there's a lot of games. People don't realize how many games in Utah we have to cover. Uh, Told this to I think one or earlier this week we were together on a on a given Sunday men's league alone there's 46 games in the state of Utah yeah. on a given Sunday so we do the best we have unfortunately yeah there's a lot of referees that won't work Sundays um, due to religious or other you know commitments oh man I didn't um, even think about that part of it yeah that makes sense so we have a couple referees that are higher level referees that just won't work Sundays but. You also got guys like me who have been doing it so long. I get to be a little bit more picky and choosy of where I want to go spend my, my time, right? Um, like Ben knows this. If it's a Friday or Saturday, I'm usually doing a college or a juniors game somewhere. I'm not doing the men's league that are on Friday and Saturdays. Um, Sundays, it's usually the same thing. Usually there's a, a juniors game somewhere in the state that I'm attending and doing that. So I don't really want to go do a juniors game and then 30 minutes later turn around and go do – a couple of men's league games. Um, I have no qualms about doing men's league. It's just I don't do a lot of men's league anymore. Right. Um, but going back to your original statement of the quality of referees, we have a lot, but they're they're young. Um, but just so you know, I'm not sure everybody's read told it besides this, besides me, in Massachusetts alone, they had 900 officials quit last year because of abusive officials. 900. That's unreal. They're asking us to go out and do two juniors tournaments out there because they don't have enough officials. They keep sending us messages out here. Hey, you guys want to send four of your guys out to help us do a juniors tournament in, in Massachusetts? And it's like, we can't really send guys because we don't have enough guys. Um, but like I was telling Ben, they want us to go down and start doing games in Vegas because they don't have enough guys to qualify. So what I always tell players is, especially if I'm working on a new official, I'm telling them, hey, these are brand new officials. You've got to give them credit. Um, let them let them learn. Um, but it's hard. It's 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 not an easy thing to do. I, I think Ben would agree that when you first put on the skates as a referee, it's a 
different field than it is as a player or a coach. All yeah. eyes on you. You put your arm up, all eyes turn to you. And you don't want to mess up. These guys don't want to mess up. Um, but it, it's hard. Um, like I said, it's it's a lot of new officials. I'm actually going out to work tonight with a brand new official to do mentoring because we need more guys that can skate. Right. So it, it's funny. Um, I've I've refed before. If there a couple of years when I was first getting into it, and I, I started refing. And I'll tell you, I, this says this is a two part story. One, you know, I was refing uh, when we had really competitive roller hockey going on around here. I started. Phil Snyder and I would have to basically ref games here. And I remember, I don't, I remember, I don't remember who the player was, but I remember that uh, I called a, I called a penalty. It was a plain as day penalty. And I called a penalty on one of the guys that I kind of played with, whatever. And he freaked out. And he's like, I thought we were friends, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I'm like, but you still committed a penalty. Like, I thought you knew you were going to get the call. Like, I, I thought you knew I was going to put you in the box for it. And he freaked out about it. Now, so guys don't react right, and that, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take some of the blame for that too because uh, last week or two weeks ago I was playing in a game, and I flat out tripped somebody and got away with it, uh, not making a save. I tripped somebody and got away with it, and then about five minutes later, somebody tripped over me while I was making a save that is is not a penalty, and the the official called me for a trip, and I'm like. You missed the one where I actually tripped the guy, and he, but he starts arguing with me. And instead of instead of me just taking it like a man and being responsible, like I should have felt like that evened out, right? And said, so "I'm like, don't argue with me the rules. If you you can't even turn left." And then I'm like, "That's too far. That's here's a guy that's out here doing the best he can, and he saw something his way, and then I made it personal. And that's I've seen that same thing happen oh, yeah. a thousand times. Yeah, where." Guys make it personal. And Ben, this it shocked me when you became a ref. And so <laughs> a lot of uh, other people too. Yeah. But you know, the games I've seen you ref so far, you seem to have fun with it. And you seem to let stuff roll off your back. But tell me, why did you get into you've been in men's league for 130 years now? Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me, like, at what point were you like, you know what? I'm gonna start, I'm just gonna be official. Yeah. So usually at the end of the year, every year when like the coaching season would end, uh, I'd look for something to do because you have all that free time back. And uh, for me, if I'm going to do something with my free time, I want to make some money. So um, Josh Dangle was like, hey, you should start reffing with me. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm game. I'll try it. So luckily last year, everything was over zoom. So I actually started like doing it towards the end of the season. Um, in like February, I took the class online, uh, you know, over zoom, I think it was like a class out of Massachusetts or something. I took, you know, I got all the modules done. I already had like all my USA hockey creds and safe sport and stuff. Uh, and then I started in March and so from March till the end of the year last year, I did 275 games. So in six months, um, yeah, I, at first, like I'll say it's, it's different. It's hard. Like I started out doing like D five men's league in Provo and you would think, you know, it's like, Oh, they're not very good skaters or whatever. The game's not very fast, but it's just like the positioning and like, 
not the the biggest thing was like not zoning out because you just start watching the game instead of like paying attention as a referee. So uh, I started doing it and I just really liked it. Um, I did a bunch of like youth tournaments towards like the end of last year. There was a couple in the spring um, men's league, I think is just kind of fun because I don't really care if guys make fun of me, like, you know, or they chirp me. I've been getting that my whole life. So it's like, you know, and typically like guys are playing D3 or D4 have D3 or D4 chirps. So it doesn't hurt as bad as the D1 guys who really play <laughs> India. But um, I like, I just don't take it personal. Like even high school and stuff, like coaches want to yell at me. I don't really care. Like I know what I called, uh, you know, you, if you have a problem with it, that's fine. You can ask me about it. I'll tell you what I saw. Um, but if you start out hostile with me, we're probably not going to have a very civil conversation, but, uh, yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. I I really enjoy it. Uh, I got to actually like do a three man system, uh, like a month ago when WCR had games here and I got to wear the bands and I hadn't done that before, like crazy enough in like 200 and however many games. Um, so yeah, the first game I worked a three man, the second game of three man I ever worked, I wore the bands. Um, it's kind of fun. Like I I've enjoyed it. Uh, the money's been not bad. So I would think guys would want to make a couple extra bucks. I mean, it's so easy and it's good exercise. And I know so many people here, like I have a good time when I'm out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's part of it too. And Ben, you definitely have the temperament for it, but that brings up the other thing. Mike, I want to talk to you about, uh, Ben brings up the point of, yeah, it's, it's some extra money too. And for some guys, I know that uh, like with Matt Brickley, that's what Matt did for a living. He yeah. repped nonstop. So what can, what can guys expect to get paid? Like, here's your chance. Make a pitch to some of the guys that are listening that are on the fence about refing. Tell us what it takes to get into it and what they're going to get paid. So the getting into it is you can technically buy everything you need for a hundred bucks. Pants, jersey, you know, shin tights, whatever. A lot of guys just use their player shin pads at first to, to start refing. You don't have to go out and buy all the special gear that, you know, a higher level referee has if you just want to start doing some men's league. Um, theoretically, you get a two set, you're covering a men's league, you're covering what you just bought your referee gear for. It's, it's 45 bucks right now. Uh, next year, we are raising rates. Um, ben is privy to this with the tournament pay we're getting. Yeah. Um, we just got a raise in tournament pay. Like last year, for the two years ago, when I guess we had risk up, like a square game was going to pay you 26 bucks. This year, it's going to pay you 45. Um, a midget game two years ago was was 46 bucks. This year, it's 75 bucks a game. Oh. Um, ben Ben knows this. I on a, on a I worked what 28 games last month, Ben, and I yeah, still pulled yeah. in 2100 dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's oh. it's. Good money. I mean, and with the raises going into effect next year, I mean, you're going to be able to make good money. And there's guys in our organization that are pulling in three to four thousand dollar paychecks every month yeah. as a side business, right? And they're still working their full time job. Um, it, but it, it's a, what I always tell people: it's a part time job where you can set where you want to work and what days you want to work and what times. It's not like I go work at McDonald's part time and hey, you got to be here on a Tuesday and get paid. X amount of dollars. And it's like, okay, I don't want to work Tuesday nights because I play. I'm going to block that day out and I'm going to ref on Wednesdays. 
and I'm going to do Wednesdays and Fridays every week, and I'm going to make 1200 bucks. Yeah, and it's to to add on to that, it's so good. Like for for the younger kids, uh, what I really like about it for the younger guys is they get to see the game from a little different angle and they get to really learn a lot. Cause I refed when I was like 14. I think it was a ban on my ref for like two years and and you know, I kind of stopped doing it. But you know, they get to learn a lot, but then at the same time, uh, like Tyler Murphy's son started refing, you know, you do five, six squirt games in a row on a weekend. And I mean, now they're doing like the youth leagues are like 25, 26 bucks, but still that's $26 an hour. It's a lot better than working at Chick-fil-A, you know, right, and yep. once yeah. you graduate high school, now you can pretty much work men's league as long as you're pretty good. So now you're making $45 an hour. I mean, me and Viewy just did two men's league games at Maverick. They both took an hour. We made $90 and we're out of there. Like you're two and a half hours. You made 90 bucks. Yeah, that's so, it's yeah. one of the best part-time jobs you can have. I mean, I do it for a couple of things. I mean, I, I don't do it for the money. Money um, is just a, a benefit of it, but, um, like I told Ron, I'm trying to get him to do the higher level stuff because it's the best hockey you can do besides the jerseys, right? I mean, go work a, a United States Premier Hockey League. Last year, we had six guys make D1 college scholarships out of State of Utah playing on those junior teams. It's good hockey. And you can get a juniors game done in two hours, two hours and 20 minutes. And if you're banding that, you're making 150 bucks. I mean, it's not bad money. Um yeah, we, we need guys who can do that because right now there's about 17 of us to do all the college and junior games in the state of Utah. Um, hence why we're trying to get Wilner and, and Fuller and, and Murphy into those games because we need those guys. Um, college showcase weekend, there was three or six, so there was six games a day for four days straight. That's 24 games for 17 of us to work. It's, it's too hard to go do three college games in one day. You're dead. You're not making good calls because you're dead. I mean, you just can't work that many games. Yeah. So with that being said, I mean, like I said, we have 146 registered officials in the state of Utah right now. Of that, about 70 of those are youth officials. So there is a big gap of where they can work, right? Because they have to work a league that's under their age. But I also know that with that, it's not a a pay thing. A lot of times what I found there with the youth officials is mom and dad don't want to go sit at a rink for – two hours why Johnny's over there making, you know, 40 bucks because what am I going to do for two and a half hours, right? Yeah. So it's hard for the kids, but we, like, like Ben said, it was like, we had what, 64 guys work games in the month of November? 64 guys out of 146. Yeah. We have a lot of registered officials. It's just guys don't want to always work. Um, I'll be honest, my boss at work work is an official. He broke his hip two years ago officiating and is scared to get back into it because he doesn't want to get hurt again, right? So we lose that guy who did 220 games in a year. He's now back into it, but he's only doing one night a week. Wow. Yeah. But the biggest thing I've seen is is literally we've lost two officials in the last year because of abuse of officials. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, 
you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's, I definitely want to talk about that. And I'll tell you, I, I think the world's just kind of gone mad. And yeah. um, my oldest son is a, is a pilot and he was telling me some stories about it's, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to fly in an airline now, you check the box saying, yeah, I understand I'm going to have to wear a mask on the plane or whatever. And then it's basically every single flight they have an issue oh, yeah. and then make one out of every 20 of those goes viral because they have to kick somebody off the airline or whatever. So it seems like in, in my world as a, as a medic, as a firefighter, I'm seeing it. Things are a lot different there, too. People oh, yeah. are, are, are a lot quicker to go mad. And I don't, I don't know if this is because of COVID or the isolation and all that stuff, because to me, it seemed like it was happening prior to that. So what is it like on your guys' end? Mike, you, you said after all this time, you finally at one point, you're like, you know, it's. It's not worth it. I'm going to hang it up. What what brought you to that? What's going on? Well, like starting earlier this year, me and Ben actually worked a game together where we had a guy threaten us and walk up to us after the game after we got up and was like really at the time we even Ben thought Mike well he's going to go to his car and get a gun, right? I mean, really, we, we, yeah, we were man. like, okay, this is a parent. This kid got hit on the ice. It wasn't a penalty, but he wanted to go after me and Ben because his kid got hit. It's like, well, first of all, it's a contact sport. Second of all, it's not a penalty if your kid gets hit just because he's a small kid. But that's the kind of things we're going with. But me personally, why I almost left the game is I was working with a, a younger official who was doing it like his fourth men's league game ever. And a guy literally skated from the far goal line all the way down the ice, parading him, calling him all kinds of expletives and then skated over to me and told me that this kid effing sucks and all this other stuff and it has continued on i kicked him out because of all he was doing and then all of a sudden the rest of his rest of his team was just for the next three minutes trying to shoot pucks at people you know they were just going to the extreme it's like this isn't fun anymore this isn't hockey at this point this is guys just wanting to be assholes excuse the french there but it's like we are, we are on KSL. We'll bleep that out. We'll bleep that. We'll cut that. This isn't hockey at this point. I'm here to be a rep. I'm not here to babysit grown men, right? I have kids at home. If I want to babysit my kids, I'll just go home and, and take care of my own kids. Right. right? Well, my kids would never act like that, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't need to have, you know, 30 and 40 year, year old grown men acting like toddlers out there. Right. Yeah. And, unreal, man. Unreal. And- I, I, I've called. More math penalties in the last probably eighteen to two years, two years, for abusive officials, than I did probably the prior ten to twelve. What was the repercussions for the guy that you were afraid was going to go to his car? Is that is that something where you, you can do something to a, a fan? Can you ban them from? So, USA Hockey's code of conduct allows us to remove the fan from the facility, 
what he does after that would be a legal matter. So if he did sure. say approach us with a gun or say something wrong or something like that, I'd have to take it to the authorities. There's nothing in USA hockey at that point that they're gonna do anything. All right. Uh, right. as far as a rink goes, they can ban whoever they want. Um, but that's also really hard to enforce when you have you know 14 different employees watching the front desk every night right. a week when different ranks or yeah. whatever, right? Um, in this case, it happened to be USA hockey and it happened to be Utah high school hockey. So um, high school hockey now has a policy where they can ban fans from attending high school hockey games. So we would have to take it to high school hockey and they'd have to basically put in a, a ban for that, that particular spectator to come in. And again, that's still really hard to enforce because if they go to Logan, to Provo, who's going to enforce that, right? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of said it since the beginning is like, like to me, it's a challenge. I, I want to be good out there. I mean, I want to be good when I play, you know, when I coach, I want to be a good coach. So officiating is no different. Like I want to go out and be good. Um, I don't, you know, if I don't get yelled at at the end of the game that, you know, that was a successful game in my book. Uh, I did a championship game at a tournament beginning of December with the U16 Eagles in Park City, which has been a really big rivalry this year. And Mike Adamak texted me after the game and said, hey, you did a great job. Like you let the kids decide the game. I thought you guys were great. And that was a huge compliment, you know, especially coming from Mike, who's, you know, played a high level of hockey. Uh, and I know he likes to rip the refs a little bit. So the fact that I didn't get ripped by him and he told me it was a good job felt good, you know, yeah, and, and Bryce Manick and John Solomon on the other side, same thing. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of new guys, you know, there's a lot of new guys getting into it and you kind of have to take it easy on them. You know, you know, when you do something stupid out there, you know, we've all been there. Uh, it's it just like, when you know like some of these guys are in over their heads it's like leave them alone you know they're gonna mess up but you don't want to sacrifice your time to go do it so you know this is this is what you get and i mean like today guys were telling me and viewy like hey thanks for coming out and it's like well and i am getting paid a little bit to be here but yeah but if you don't show up if you guys if we keep having officials quit and you know, I was at a game a few weeks ago. The officials just didn't come. So that's you know. another thing, Joy. Is we, as a as a board, we're we're trying to do the best we can with scheduling officials. But so far with men's league, um, the the winter seasons, we've had over twenty games where we haven't had officials through all the leagues. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. not something we want to do, but we also, as a board, when we we talk about okay, who who do we need to do to get these games covered? There's some officials we will not put on men's league. Even though they're adults, we won't put them on there because they're just not skilled enough to take on that responsibility of doing a, you know, a D1 county hockey league, right? Um, like Ben said, he plays, I play. A lot of the referees still play. We have right now about 16 of the, the adult referees play in leagues. So it's kind of hard with that balancing act. Like I said, we only have 64 guys work games. Now you take 16 of those guys who play in the leagues to Away. take them out of the basically from refing. And like Ben said, he was trying to cover some games for us tomorrow in his own division. 
Yeah, no problem, because we didn't have officials. Yeah, like I, tomorrow I ref at 10 a.m. at Steiner, or no, 10 a.m. Conwood Heights. I do a Bantam game, and then I play in Division One and Two because I'm a hardo, and uh, so six and seven thirty at Murray I play. Someone threw up the games at three and four thirty that we needed somebody to cover, and we couldn't find anyone else. So I was like, okay, well I'll take them. So I'm in a ref at three. And 4.30, then go in the locker room and change and play, you know, at 6 and 7.30. And Vuey's doing the same thing at the Oval. Like, there's other guys doing the same thing in Provo. Like, we ref ref two, play one. Like, you play one, ref two. Like, it happens all the time because there's just, like you said, there's like 60 or, you know, less than 60 of us really or that are eligible to work those higher level and, you know, adult league games. And then out of that, there's what? 36 of us that do the majority of the games, right? Viewing yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a lot of us to do a lot of the games. Um, but what I find with, with refereeing men's league is the guys who have played at a high level, for the most part, they don't say a thing too often. It's the guys who are playing at the lower levels, the, you know, the division twos, threes, and fours that tend to cause more of the problems. Uh, the division one and two guys where they get more problems is the fighting. Um, it, it's just what it is. They, they've done that for years. Don't care. I've played in both divisions. They've always fought. Yep. Um, but the three and four is really where they abuse the officials to the point where they don't come back. It's it's unfortunate. Um, we've lost over the last 10 years. I know we've lost probably 30 officials to abusive officials. I wonder, uh, I wonder if guys understand that. It, it blows my mind that, and, and I'm guilty of it, but it still shocks me when I see it that you got the penalty and you should just, you knew you were going to do it. You knew you threw the cheap shot. You knew you tripped the guy. You knew you accidentally got your stick up, whatever it was. Or, you know, there's some that are questionable and you just can't keep your mouth shut and take the penalty. It's, well, it's, 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 it's not just the players, it's the coaches, it's the parents. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, there was the, at the advanced symposium this year. They showed a video of a girl who's been doing it for nine years. Uh, I can't exactly remember where she was, but the reason why she quit officiating is she had two parents walk on the ice in the middle of a girls' game and confront her in the middle of a game. If you're a referee that's 19 years old and yeah. you have two grown people approach you, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's traumatic. I mean, you're probably not going to want to get back on the ice. No. So and those people should be charged. Yeah, they should, and they should. And but the thing is, I've been abused. I don't let it affect me too often. But I've been abused by parents, coaches, players, and it's hard at times. But I also know that as a ref, I'm going to take some abuse because I'm a ref. Right. It's it's just it is what it is. I don't care what sport it is you ref. You're going to get abused some way, some shape. It should never be physical. I mean, we've had guys shove officials this year. We've had guys, you know, take shots at officials with the puck this year. Isn't that so a, like, if you go hands on with a, if you shove an official, isn't that an automatic match? Serious suspension? It's a, like if it's, a match. Well, the problem is, is almost all the men's league now are ISI, and since ISI is not a governing body of hockey in the United States, it's up to the leagues to suspend them, and yeah, like. I think the one got eight games for shoving the official this year. Oh. 
eight games. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's three quarters of the season, but he's able to play in, in basically two months, right? Back on the ice. Yeah. I always that doesn't teach anybody. I always thought, I mean, if you just hands on with a fish, like, you know, you're not allowed to touch them. I, I always thought it was at least a season. But... So it, if it's, a, if it's USA hockey, they have now this year was the first year they actually implemented standards for match penalties. So there is an actual, if you go in the actual USA hockey rule book, if you get a match penalty for certain things, it lays out the minimum penalty criteria for, for that stuff. So like an abuse of an official minimum now is two games in USA hockey. So if you get a match penalty for abuse of official, which is not physical, but it's verbally abusing an official, it's an automatic two game suspension. If you physically get on it, depending on how bad the physical abuse is. And, and like I said, it's, Physical abuse could be just, you know, pushing the guy off because you're pissed off and you don't want to go in the penalty box to invite you up for a match. Are you going to get a full season for that? Probably not. But if, you know, you're pissed at the referee and you shove him off or something like that, you're probably going to get at least 10 to 12 games. Um, I do know that this year there was, there was an official who was punched out of state, not in our state, but in a different state. He got a lifetime ban from USA Hockey. Yeah, which you should. Yeah. yeah. But you punch an official, you, you probably shouldn't be playing hockey. Right. So my my whole thing I always tell about officials is, if this was a cop you're talking to or having a confrontation to, what do you expect the outcome to be? Right? If I go on the street and I shove a cop, where am I going? Right. I'm not going to just go home that night. I'm like, I'm going to go to jail for a while, right? So we're no we're not cops out there per se. We're here to enforce the rules, but we want to make the game safe. We want to make the game enjoyable. We see the things that you guys do. Do we always call them? No. Do we miss stuff? Yes. Yep. You know, hockey refereeing is a judgment call, right? Ben, I've taught Ben this. There's basically four criteria that I look for in a penalty when I'm refereeing a game. If it meets one of those four, I call it. If it doesn't, it probably could be a penalty, but it doesn't meet my criteria, so I don't call it. And I've learned these criteria from guys who work in NHL and AHL and IIHF. They've come out with these kind of these standards of how to call a game. And that's what I look at is because I do the higher level stuff. I'm not going to call a little ticky tack. Oh, he whacked the bottom of my stick on a slash and I didn't lose control of the puck. By definition, is it a slash for the rule book? 100%. Did it change the outcome of the game? No, I'm not calling it. Right. So that's where I think a lot of guys think that. They're God's gift to hockey, per se, and they want everything called. Take it with a grain of salt. We're going to miss stuff. We're not going to call stuff that we don't think is a penalty. It's men's league at that. Some guys are like, hey, this might be their fifth game of the day. Like Ben, you know, he's working four games tomorrow, three games tomorrow, wherever it is. He might be tired by the time he gets to that third game. He's going to not see everything. He's not going to want to pay attention to everything because, let's be honest, you're in your skates for five hours. You're going to zone out a little bit. There's just no doubt about it. Ben seems to pace himself by just hanging out by the players' bench and talking to the guys on the bench. Well, that is true, too. Yeah. Well, it's especially when I ref like two teams and I know people on both teams, I just hear, you know, Wilner this, Wilner that on one side, and then I get down the other end. So sometimes I just stand in the middle, let them both abuse me a little bit. Right. That's fair. But you like it. Yeah. I like, like it. It's fun. So I'm going to tell you, I'm, I was going to throw this in a minute ago, and it's something that I wanted to get on the air. And uh, it's, it hasn't, it's not to do with officials, but it has to do with how crazy people are getting. And this stuff like this, I remember kind of happening before, 
But uh, in my police and fire tournaments, I've been friends with the guys from L.A. County Fire for a long time. And one of their guys, the guy that actually runs their team, has a son that's a U11 goalie for the Junior Kings. And on Thursday, a parent came out of the stands and assaulted his son in the intermissions of a game and injured him. Injured an 11-year-old boy. Because parents are losing their minds now. You talk about the camp. They came out after the official. They actually came out after the opposing team's goalie and abused him. To the point, so now that guy's obviously going to, he's going to go to prison. He yeah. literally assaulted a, a juvenile, but th- that's where we're at now. That I mean, it's, you would have never thought about that before. You would have never thought yeah. some parent's going to take this so seriously that he's going to go Tanya Harding on on the other goalie, right? 11-year-old. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah. what's there was uh just just to add to that last weekend I played at Steiner we had like some makeup games and we were leaving and uh the the front desk worker was like hey did you guys see that fight that just happened we're like no we just got out we didn't hear anything about what happened uh apparently uh, a couple guys started a little scrum right outside the front door there at Steiner where you exit the building and apparently the guy who started the fight uh showed that he was carrying oh and he's playing in our men's league so i sent an email to billeter i'm like find out who it is and just kick him out like we don't need that like well, simply potentially a, a violation of the law too you can, you yeah can show that's, a weapon. Worse, that's, 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 that's not good right but i never understand who gets worked up that much for men's league not even me like, did you hear about the one we had a couple about two months ago man where they followed the referee outside the steiner so we had a youth team, one of the parents followed a referee out into the parking lot and started getting in their face. After the game, right, you know, they're just a civilian at that point. They're walking up to their car. They're not a referee at that point. Tried to physically and verbally assault a referee. Unbelievable. See, those people need to be arrested. I mean, we need to make sure, and, and somehow we need to help you. If there's something I can do to help you get your – association or the local rinks to adopt that you know that suspension like the mandatory minimums if you will like we need we need to protect you guys we i appreciate the officials and when jp parisi taught me when i was 15 years old that uh hey don't take it out on those guys if if they come and they drop the puck then thank them for being there and so i've, I've tried to do that my entire life i've always tried to to thank the officials for being there. He always made it, he always made it important. And he also told, this is one, and I've told my kids this, Ben, I think I've told you this, but every year when I coach, I say, before you open your mouth to an official, make sure you know everything that's in the book. And JP yeah, would make us, I still don't know. Yeah. He would make us a rule book. He'd give us a rule book every year. So and yeah. that was, that was an important thing to me. It, it was more of an eye opener than anything. Cause like, Oh yeah, there's another side of the story. There's my side, and then there's yeah. a fool out there trying to do his job. I'm out here just trying to play hockey. He's out there trying to make it better. He or she's out there trying to make it better for all of us. And it, I don't know. JP was just like, if they come and they drop the puck, that's great. If they miss a call, that's you're gonna miss a puck too as a goaltender. You're gonna yeah. you're not gonna catch every pass as a player. You're gonna screw up some passes. It's gonna it's- happen. It's crazy, like, when you miss stuff, just because someone skated in your lane and you miss it, and it happens in a split second, and you're like, okay, that's how you miss stuff. 
You know, yeah. and someone says, I can't believe you didn't see it. And I just tell them, well, believe it because I didn't see it. Yeah. So move on. Yeah. You know, we're, we're humans. We're not we're not robots. We miss stuff. I mean, the biggest one I, I see is is they complain that it's a penalty in the NHL or it's a rule in the NHL. It's like, well, guess what, buddy? <laughs> we're not we're not in the NHL. Here. The U.S. <laughs> hockey rulebook is vastly different. Bear League. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as helping goes, I I'll be honest. I think a lot of it is, and I I love Chris Builder as far as county goes, but he used to be an official, but he's very very light on his players usually okay. very, not very often does he uphold a suspension that should be longer than what he really does um because he is the, the one basically that is in charge of hey this guy got a match penalty what what what, what are we going to do right they have their match penalty hearings in county but he's the one that ultimately comes down and says hey we're going to suspend you for x amount of games and I know his thought process is, hey, these guys pay their money. They should be paid. You know, they should get a play. But go look at the penalty match. I can tell you right now, if my top of my hand, even though I don't ref a lot of the county men's league, I can tell you the four top penalty minute teams in the whole entire league. I think we all – I think everybody yeah. – And you, you can't tell me that every referee that referees in the county league, when they see certain teams on that list, it's like, okay, I guarantee I'm going to have a game misconduct. I told Bennett, I'm like, I yeah, got this team this weekend. I guarantee I'm giving a misconduct out to somebody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it sucks, but I think it, for, it's for enforcing it. We do the best we can as officials. Builders and, and the leagues run their own stuff. Right. I would make the emphasis to players, like, without us, you guys don't have a league to play. It's just at that point, it's dropping. That's And that's my concern. And right? I know Builder is one of the nicest guys in the world, and I think that's – that's part of it too. Is he's so nice? He wants everybody to be happy, and I get that. Yeah. He's actually going to be on the show. Uh, nice. he's, I've been talking to him for the last couple of months to get him on. So we'll get him on. and We'll talk about all that because I know he's got his side of it too. And there's there's a lot. I mean, the stuff he has to put up with too. The oh, stuff yeah. he has to put up with officials. The stuff he has to put up with with guys like Ben trying to play in D one and D five and D three. <laughs> you no, know, we get it. We get it. So yeah. anyway. I I, uh, I want to thank you guys for your time, and I want to also thank you guys for uh, for everything you get, you guys do. And again, like JP said, I, I appreciate you guys coming and dropping the puck and allowing us to play the games because without you, without officials, you're right. It's just drop in, and drop in's a lot of fun, but it's not a game. It's and there's just that tiny, even at our age, there's just that tiny little bit more of. Um, you know, adrenaline or pressure or whatever in a game when the scoreboard's running, the penalties are being called, it makes it a little bit more fun. Sometimes maybe a little bit more frustrating. <laughs> but, you know, it's worth paying the league fee, and that's why we go to tournaments. That's why we do all this stuff. We don't – it's not that we're trying to chase the NHL. It's just, it's just a little bit more fun for us. So, without yeah. officials – and I hope everybody that listens to this podcast today, next time they're on the ice, takes that – like counts to five before they say anything and maybe just don't say anything, but count to well, five. The biggest thing I would tell players is don't come yell at an official. It's, it doesn't do you any good, right? If you want to ask about a penalty, ask, don't come berate me. Right. Yeah. I, I'll give you my, my explanation of why I missed a call or I didn't see a call or why I did something. But if you start screaming at most officials, it doesn't end well. And it just escalates <laughs> usually. So just, just come talk to us. We're officials. We're humans. Come talk. Don't yell is my biggest thing on that. Just come talk to us. 
Ben, do you have any advice? Yeah, when's the last time you ever yelled at a guy and he changed his call? Yeah, well, I've heard that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yep. And I, no, I, it's, it's, you know, it, it's fun. Uh, like, I, I enjoy it a lot, you know, and if anybody who's listening knows me, knows I like to play and, uh, you know, it's been a challenge. And I would just say, if you're not happy with the officials, then you do it. Um, you know, it's different, different perspective. Yeah, it gives you a different perspective of the game and a little bit more appreciation for the guys who are out there doing it. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I wish I've been trying to get more guys to do it, especially these kids who come home from juniors in college. Like, I feel like it's a good little side gig for them. Uh, and we could really use those guys and their hockey knowledge uh, to do it because it would really help us out. So. You, know, you said some at the beginning about you have guys that have never played the game of hockey. That blew that blew my mind. I didn't know we accuse guys that, of that all the time. Yeah, we have you ever even played the game? But doesn't like doesn't matter if you've if you've read the rules and you watch the game, you understand the game. You don't have to have played it. It's the same thing with coaching. Some of the best coaches in the NHL never actually played. So, yeah. um, all right. So I want to wrap it up. It's getting a little long, but um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for what you guys do. And we appreciate your guys' words of advice there at the end. And hopefully, from here on out, it's going to be 25% less crazy than it's been. <laughs> that would be good. That'd be good. We'll, just keep, yeah. we'll keep chipping away at it. Maybe if we do an episode every six weeks and remind guys, and then we'll start a small therapy group for those guys that are in the higher end of the uh, penalty minutes <laughs> and find out, what, find out what the truth is, who bullied them when they were little, who hurt them. <laughs> them nice. Have a nice crying session and then their penalty yeah. minutes. There we go. Let's do it. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks again for being on the show. And that is the Utah Puck Report. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.